Hello, it's good to see everyone here tonight. I know it gets busy as it gets closer to the end of the year, at the end of 2020, so it's good to see so many familiar faces in the crowd. As I was thinking what to preach on and just practicing over the weekend uh, and just looking for a word to give of encouragement and God put on my heart a couple sermons that I listened to, and I noticed the familiar theme about sermons when it gets around Christmas time, when it gets to New Year's. A lot of pastors like to focus on the New Year's and looking back on 2020, last year was 2019, and just seeing how you can evolve, how you can look at your life and see what you were doing wrong and get closer to God in the new year. And I was thinking of this and it came in, a thought came into my mind, which was every single year when it comes to Christmas time, we hear these sermons around New Year's time of this is the year where we're going to make change. This is the year where we're going to actually do something different. We're going to pray more. We're going to read the word of God more. And I was thinking Jesus Christ died for us 2,000 years ago so that our sins may be forgiven so that we can have a clean state today, so that we can have a clean plate today. We don't have to wait for 2021 to start over. We don't have to wait for 2022 to start all over. We can start today because Jesus died on the cross for us 2,000 years ago and took away our sin. He washed it all away. And with that, I'd like to keep that in the back of our minds as I get to the main core of my word. And I want to talk about currency. I want to talk about this currency that's become very valuable recently, and it's only going to become more valuable as we move along. And I'm not talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about our attention. And you, at first you might be, how is our attention currency? But if you think about it, all of us have 24 hours in a day equally. We all have the same amount of currency, you can, if you want to call it that way. And the younger generation, our generation, struggles with attention. It's one of our main challenges. And as we move forward into 2021, I believe that our generation is just going to struggle more and more with it. And I want to read a couple quotes from this documentary I recently watched. It's called The Social Dilemma. And it just talks about social media, which is something that we all struggle with. And this is the people behind social media. These are the engineers who developed it. These are the people who created social media. And this is what one of the top executives said about social media. He said, quote, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. The same executive also said, social media is a drug. And he also went on to say, our attention is the product that's sold to advertiser. In today's era, the devil doesn't work the same way he used to work with our parents. Our parents, they endured physical struggles. They had to face a reduction of opportunities. Our parents couldn't go to schools. Our parents couldn't go to church. The devil was visible. In our time, the devil hasn't just gone away. That's a very common misconception, just because everything around us seems normal, just because, you know, we can come to church, we can all gather, you can have any career you want, that doesn't mean that the devil's gone. Instead, he's changed his tactics. Instead of trying to destroy the church, back then he was trying to burn the church, 
physically is kept on spreading, the more he pressured the church. For every church member that got arrested, another 10 uh, were born on fire for God. So today, he takes away our attention. He takes away our currency. And Christians that don't have their attention on God, they're basically, in a way, useless. A hundred Christians who are focused on the world and not on Christ are useless. He doesn't have to take you out of church completely. If you're one foot in the door and one foot in, you're useless. With this, I'd like to move on to how the enemy works. In our daily lives at work, we see our coworkers, they're always, a lot of times, Statistics show that actually in Washington state, we have some of the most depressed people. Around 50% of everyone they say is depressed. They hate their job, they want a new job, they want something different, they're angry, there's bareness, there's anxiety. And you look around and you wonder why this is, but if you ask your coworkers what they do after work, uh, what their day consists of, they're gonna tell you, you know, they go home and they watch Netflix for two hours, they read the news for two hours, uh, they go on social media for another two hours, and then they go to sleep, and then they come back and they repeat. And the process is the same. And they are feeding themselves with all this negative, things of the world. You don't see God in their lives. And oftentimes, this applies to Christians too. We don't feed ourselves with the word of God. We feed ourselves with things of the world. We wake up in the morning and we don't have time to read a chapter, but we have time to check our social media. And our attention's under attack. Uh, I can't stress the importance of saying that the devil often delivers what we order. And what I mean by this is if we put our attention into, for example, social media, and then you start getting panic attacks and anxiety, and you wonder, why is this happening to me, God? What am I doing? You have to look at what, where you're spending your time. And if you're not spending it with God, you're going to be spending it with things of this world. And I want to move on to measure. We all have a measure in our life. And I want to open up to Mark 4:24 and read from there. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you and more will be given you besides. I want to read that again, just so we can clearly understand what it says. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. So everyone in our lives, we have a certain measure. We have a certain measure of knowledge. We have a certain measure of money. We have a certain measure of abilities. We're all born with a cap. We like to have conferences talking about no limits and how we can achieve anything, but the reality is we're often capped. We have a limit as humans. We all have a measure. And there's multiple types of measure. There's measure that comes down from family. Certain families have a certain measure of 
conflict in their family, a certain measure of financial difficulties. So what I'm trying to establish is that we all have a measure. And uh, oftentimes as Christians, we sit around and we look at people and they seem to have everything right. Their school's going great, their job's going great, they're super close to God, they have time for church. And you're thinking, God, how do they have a ministry? How do they have good grades? How do they have a good job in a perfect family, in the perfect relationships and all these friends? Uh, how do they have more of you? How did they get this extra measure? And we see that in Mark, it says, and he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. So Jesus says to take care of what we listen to. He's talking about our attention, what we're focusing on. He doesn't say take care of what you pray about or what you fast about or how much you give. Those are all super good things. But he talks about hearing. He talks about taking a step back and listening. For example, I wanna just say something really quick. If give an illustration. People who have financial problems, if they take, all they have to do is listen. Listen to financial advisor, listen to podcasts about money, listen to people who have experience and they're gonna fix it. People who have marriage problems, it's very similar. All they have to do is go to listen, take some marriage courses, uh, listen, talk to the pastors and listen, listen to each other right? Listening's a key factor. It's where we put our attention. And the same thing applies to ministry. It applies to our relationship with God. We don't put our attention uh, there, but we expect results. We expect to grow. And that brings me to my next point. That brings me to my point with that everyone has good intentions. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or if you're from the world. Everyone goes into something having good intentions. People go into marriage and they're always, it's always with good intentions of having kids, of being happy. People go into the New Year's with intentions of losing weight. And everyone has good intentions. No one wants to be financially unstable. There's good intentions behind everything. And what I wanna say that that's not enough. Good intentions isn't enough. And a lot of times we go to conferences or we, we go to a really powerful service and we feel transformed. We feel like there's some change. We feel like there's something different about us and we go back home and we're on fire for God. We feel like there's something that's been changed in our lives and three to five days go by and we're back to where we started. And that's because we can't feed off our emotions. We can't feed off that emotion. We have to feed off food. We have to consume the correct food. We have to consume God's word. You can't just feed off emotion. And if you're not feeding off God, if you're not consuming God's word, you're going to consume non-Christ-like things. I want to open up to Isaiah 26.3, where it says, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Here it talks about how true Christians, they're gonna have that steadfast of mind. They're, you're not gonna go into tomorrow worrying about things of this world. You're not gonna have those same struggles as people around you have. So yeah, why we see this constant conflict is that there's an appetite problem. We lack the appetite for Jesus and we have an appetite for things of this world often. We have an appetite. It, 
if you don't have an appetite for Jesus, the only alternative you have is for things of this world. There's really no in-between. And those appetite becomes into habit and habit becomes into an addiction. And I wanna give a small illustration just to put this in perspective because it sounds extreme when you say it that it, you know appetite, what you feed yourself off becomes an addiction. But you can even take coffee for an example. You know, people say often you hear the expression, I can't live off without coffee. And if you actually try to give up coffee for a whole month, you'll actually see how hard it is, how addicted you become to it, how much of your daily routine it is. And if you're addicted to anything, you're a slave to it. Attention, it creates appetite, and appetite becomes addiction. So I wanna move on to some application points for our daily lives. As we move into 2021, I want us to take inventory of our attention. Where are, is our attention put? Where do we use our currency towards? Is it of things of this world? Is it the things that, of social media? Do we, how many hours a day are we on our phones? Why is it so hard for us to be 10 minutes on prayer, but so easy for us to be five hours on Netflix, been watching a whole show? You know, why is it so easy? Time flies where you're anywhere else but at church. And that's an appetite problem. It means that you're lacking that hunger for Christ and things, whatever you consume daily, if you're consuming social media, it becomes an appetite. And appetite, you get hungry every single day and you have an appetite for things of this world. You're hungry for those things and you're not hungry for Jesus. And number two is after we take inventory, we're gonna redirect our attention today so that we can have success. What I wanna tell you guys is that if you don't like where you are today, if you don't like where you are financially, right? Or if you don't like where you are, uh, how you look, all of those things, it's not a result of what you did today. It's actually a result of prior days. It's what you did yesterday that affected that. So what I wanna say is we have to make a change today to see a result tomorrow. We have to invest today in changing where we put our attention to see a small change tomorrow. And it's not going to come uh, so quickly. It's not going to come. It might not even be noticeable. You might be thinking it's not working. And that's because you're going to endure a temporary withdrawal. You're going to have a feeling like you're missing something. And that's because with your appetite, you get hungry. And as soon as you take away from things of this world, you're still gonna have that appetite. So it's important that when you cut down from things of this world, that you replace them with Christ-like things, that you replace your social media time with reading the word. And it doesn't, I'm not talking about extreme examples. I'm talking about just on the way to work instead of, eh, listening to the radio and listening to podcasts and things that don't necessarily build you up. Maybe turn on a sermon sometime, turn on worship and just see how feeding yourself positively, it 
influences your daily life. It, and it not only does it make you feel better, it gives you a positive outlook, but it also influences those people at work around you. It, when you see your coworkers depressed, when you see your coworkers sad, angry, that's all because of what they consume in their daily lives. They don't have any Jesus to consume. They're consuming just things of the world. They're lost. And we have to be a light. And if we're not consuming God's word, if we're not consuming the truth, then we're not going to reflect any of it. It's super important to realize that it's kind of like a domino effect. Practically speaking, if you move into 2021 and you decide you're going to start working out at the gym, it, you're not only going to work out at the gym you're also gonna start eating better and you're gonna feel better and you're gonna do multiple things to achieve that goal. It's more of a package. You do one thing and the next thing you know you wanna eat better because you know how hard it is to burn calories. It's the same thing with scripture. It's the same thing with God's word. As soon as you do one thing for God, you want to do more things for God. As soon as you come to church to youth, not only do you want to be part of church, not only do you want to stand and hear God's word, you want to talk about God's word. You're going to go to work and you're going to preach God's word. You're going to see a difference. As soon as you start reading God's word, you're going to want more. You're going to want to tell your coworkers and you're gonna feel a difference. And as we get on our knees to pray, I want us to take a look and analyze our lives and pray and focus that currency that I was just talking about, our attention towards prayer. We're gonna take some time and we're gonna put some currency and invest in prayer. We're gonna take it moving into 2021, we're gonna invest our time into prayer. We're gonna invest time into church. We're gonna invest time into the, reading the Bible. And all of this, it's going to make us reflect Christ. It's going to help us become closer to Christ. And we're going to get more of that measure. When, we, when I was asking, what can we do to get that measure? This is what we do. We focus more on Christ. We change our attention. And we focus on godly things. And as a result, God gives more of his measure to us. He gives more of his grace. He gives more of his wisdom. He gives more of his knowledge. Before we pray, I just want to say quickly that one thing that inspired me about our pastor is when he prayed, he prayed for everyone by name. He didn't rush through prayer. He didn't think prayer was boring. There was happiness in his prayer. There was a joy in his prayer. And he was able to pray for everyone. And he did it out of joy and equally for everyone. He didn't prefer one person or anyone. Even the people that didn't want prayer, he still prayed for them. So I want us to take that into consideration as we get on our knees and bow down and pray. Amen.